Hello and welcome to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell. Amy, um, love the idea for this show today. I know. I'm very excited. I love this kind of this this easy homework that also, you know, gives authors. It's like looking behind the curtain kind of, you know? Yeah, absolutely. In February of this year, um, those of you who listen to have listened to us for a while, you may remember that we did a show dedicated to getting more reviews. So strategies for keeping that review machine fed. And in April of May of 2020, we did a number of shows on getting more blogger reviews and media, and that's still very much relevant. So if you're just now finding us, be sure to cycle back through some of the older shows because there's a ton of really great content, if we do say so ourselves. Um, So if you haven't listened to all those, be sure um, that, you know, be sure to, to, to tune in on the, to tune into those, or maybe uh, listening to shows again can give you a different perspective. If you're in a, if you're in a different place, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in and for your feedback. We love show feedback. We love reviews. Please review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And also I want to make a suggestion when you post a review, leave something that you are going to do, what your takeaway was from the show, because it's a really, really great way writing that down. It's a really great way to remember something as a takeaway that you're going to uh, that you're going to implement um, or were inspired to make a change from the show. So today we're going to talk about some rather surprising benefits to book reviews other than the obvious of getting reviews. We all love the love. Um, Digging into what consumers really want is ideally your goal for becoming the best writer you can be and what we can learn from reviews. And I'm just going to say straight up, this was Amy's idea. Do I say that a lot when we start podcasts? Like this was Amy's idea. I'm kind of like just the figurehead that sort of shows up. Amy comes up with all these great ideas for shows. Oh my God. That's a nice way to put it. Otherwise, you know, you could also think like, apparently Amy's very opinionated and has a lot to say about about all the things and she needs a new outlet. (laughs) Maybe I need to get out more. That could be it too. Well, I think that, I think, you know, Amy, I think you're in such a unique place because when you contact us, Amy's the first person who reaches out to you. And so you see a lot of, stuff that I, you know, (laughs) that, that that really gets factored into some of these shows, um, that I think authors are challenged with. So that's very true. Yeah. We get a lot of people that come to us with things that, you know, issues, questions, all sorts of challenges, things like that, that maybe doesn't make them necessarily, you know, a collaboration at that time appropriate. And so the rest of the team doesn't always end up dealing with those same questions and tackling those issues. So yeah, to your point, Penny, that is interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah, that, like pretty much I get everybody's dirty laundry and then, <laughs> and then the rest of the team gets select dirty laundry, I guess, maybe. So. <laughs> that's a but truly though, learning from your reviews, that's so key. We always, obviously getting reviews is important and you should always be soliciting for those reviews, but it, it, it doesn't stop there. Uh, you know, the good, the bad, or the ugly, you know, you don't want to miss out on on all of the different opportunities that book reviews present as well. Right, exactly. And, you know, you can really learn a lot about how readers are evaluating your book based on their reviews. Um, And some of the stuff you really can't do anything about 
And I've had that happen to me on my books, but some of it could be really helpful right away and definitely down the road. So let's talk about a little bit about what to look for and what to ignore, because it's not always obvious. And Amy, you look at reviews for books that you're vetting for us, right? I mean, that's kind of the genesis of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. When authors come to us for a potential collaboration, I definitely want to know how the market is already responding to the book if it's out there, because that that certainly plays into what we would recommend that we could do for them and even how we would present the book to readers, to bloggers, to media. Mm -hmm. And if the book isn't out yet, I can still learn a lot if an author is published previously. Definitely if it's in the same genre, uh, but even when it's not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that um, in particular, I mean, I also have... um, So one of the things that I always like to say is how someone does one thing, they do all things. So I think that um, when you when you have a challenge to when an author gets a bunch of reviews for a book that says that the editing was really poor, um, I'm going to assume that that carries over to the other to the other books too. So that so bad reviews on one book almost leads me to kind of think that you probably are doing all of your books that way. Right. That's, I mean, that's absolutely true. So I definitely, you know, and I I take that because you do say that the way somebody does one thing, they do all things. And again, Mm -hmm. please don't add us like with a bunch of exceptions. That's not the point of what we're saying here. (laughs) But but the reality is, is that if somebody has a book out and the reviews are, are poor because of very specific reasons that are technically fixable and they come to us and say, I'm releasing my next book, you know, that's a red flag for us to address that with them. Like, how's your editing this round? Or we will say very clearly, like, so your last book, you had some notes on editing. What happened with that? You know what I mean? Because, because again, those things, it's, as you say, Penny, it's all your resume, right? So it really does matter what's already out there. So let's talk about ways to use reviews to improve your book. Cause I think this is, this is, this is the positive stuff, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, can you give us a few examples of the kind of like breadcrumbs, Penny, that you've seen that pop up in reviews that, that could lead to improvements? Yes. And the first one, obviously the editing that we talked about. So I think that, um, that's a big piece of it. Sometimes readers will comment on flow and the fact that the book sort of jumps around. I think that, um, readers will, you know, if the reader comments and you're probably going to address this later, so I don't want to get too far ahead of this topic, but if a reader comments that the book is not what they expected, Um, that could be your editing, but it could also be something that we talk about in a lot of other shows in terms of your genre focus too. Um, or they may say that the book is, the descriptions are too wordy. Like you're trying to, and I see this a lot in business books, which I got to tell you that I really loathe. Um, when an author is really trying to get up to a certain word count, maybe they promised a certain word count to their publisher and their descriptions are just too wordy. Like why use 20 words when you can just use five, right? Um, yeah. And especially in particular with business books, because you really want to just get to the point. Um, the other side of this is, is that sometimes you're not descriptive enough. I know it sounds like 
well, I can never win with my reader, but yes, you absolutely can. So you need to know when to pull back and when to get more descriptive. And I think that reader feedback in these reviews, readers will be really, really honest with you. So it's good to kind of take a look at that and say, oh, you know what, maybe in the next book or maybe in the next edition of this book or whatever, I can, you know, these are my takeaways. Right. Absolutely. These are all legitimate notes that if they are actually speaking to the way the book is constructed, I think those are things that are definitely fixable. Um, You know, because yes, these are opinions, but not opinions at the same time, if that makes sense. You know, it's not just like, I thought the character was an asshole, you know? It's like, (laughs) okay. Like, you know what I mean? But when they actually talk about flow issues or the fact that like it jumped around too much and they had a hard time following, you know what I mean? Those are not so much opinions as much as how the book was constructed that really, you know, Penny, you've said this before, that really interrupts the experience for the reader. That is really hard to, uh, it's a hard hole to dig yourself out of and redeem yourself with that person, you know, especially if you have more books on the way, getting that person back as a return buyer is definitely going to be hard. And, you know, for some authors, it may make sense to get an editor and do another pass at an already established book as well. Right, Penny? There are some situations where that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because I did a book um, a few years ago called How to Revise and Re-Release Your Book. And it really talked about when you want to revise and re-release and then how you can go about doing that. So in some cases where, um, you know, the author just had a really bad editor or something, you know, the the book was not as written as strongly as it could have been or whatever the reason is. You can go back and, and, you know, breathe some new life into a book if you're starting to see some consistency in, you know, some of the comments and reviews. And one of the things that Amy mentioned, too, is that, you know, not all reviews mean that you have to burn down your house and start over again. Sometimes they're just reader opinions. Like, I didn't like that. Um, she like, you know, this character, whatever, um, that's different from this book really felt jumpy to me, or I needed a more, I needed more of a description on this. Um, there wasn't enough on X, Y, Z, you know, those are the kinds of, those are different than the specific reader preferences. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, another example, and Penny, you touched on this and it was, it was, you know, Thank you for for leaving it. That was very kind. You said, I know we're going (laughs) to dig into this more. (laughs) But another example of feedback can really lead to a relatively simple fix is when readers went into the book thinking it was one thing, but discovered it was a different thing. Yes. Common when the genre isn't clearly defined. And oftentimes we see this as exacerbated by a cover that doesn't quite fit the genre or a title and a subtitle that doesn't clearly define what the book is about or what the genre is, especially the description, you know, if the description is lacking. So you really have to see, are you resonating with your target audience or did you miss the mark and lead people down the wrong path because you didn't have a clearly defined vision for what your book was and who it was written for and things like that. Because if you present it one way, but you've really written in another genre or a subgenre that attracts different kinds of readers, it's probably going to start reflecting in your reviews as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's worth, I think that it is worth being descriptive and also mentioning if there are things that might offend your reader. And a, a lot of 
um, a lot of uh, movies now come sort of with trigger warnings. I have to laugh. I, I'm sorry, Amy. I didn't add this to our notes for the podcast, but I just have to tell you this. I don't know. About a month ago, I was I started to watch the movie Twister, which is basically about um, a tornado. The trigger warning for Twister was movie about bad weather. Really? You know, so sometimes trigger warnings are really stupid, but I think that it's worth um, like if you unless it's not specifically in the book description, like, do you have a lot of sex in the book? Is there a lot of language? I mean, those are the kinds of things that um, you may want to, if the book is, for example, not for beginners, maybe make a mention of that somehow in the book description, because, you know, um, to add to this, I mean, I think that Sometimes readers do misunderstand books, right? You could have the best book description in the world and sometimes they just misunderstand them. So you can put, you can put, you can put up trigger warnings if you want to. You can add, hey, there's lots of cussing in this book, whatever, right? Um, sometimes it just comes down to critical thinking. And I had a negative review on my book, Truckload. And I know we did like a mini-sode on this because apparently I'm just bitter Betty about my negative <laughs> review. But this particular individual thought that I was going to teach them how to upload, upload their book to Amazon, when in reality, I make no mention of that. So there are reader assumptions that you really can't avoid, it, 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 you know, at times. And, and there's nothing that you can do to fix that. Um, you know, you can't really go to Amazon and say, hey, can you pull this review because this reader is an idiot? Um so uh, while it's hard, you tried. Have, she's tried in case anybody's curious. <laughs> I, no, I actually did try. I did. I reported the right like, this, and I kept reporting it. I'm like, you know, Amazon's just going to pull my account if I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I need more to do. I'm not busy enough. If I'm reporting this guy, I'm like, this person is stupid. Can you tell me? What? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Amy, for just like we're just opening the kimono on this podcast. Uh, I I'm just letting them know your feedback is from a real place. She's tried. Don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> I've absolutely. I've absolutely tried. So I think that, you know, it's really just about setting your ego aside. And yes, I'm listening to what I'm saying because I need to do that. Um, because sometimes reader feedback is not, you know, fix the stuff that can be fixed and let the rest of it go. Right. And so Penny, are you going to publish a book about how to publish to Amazon? No. Okay. So <laughs> again, we crushed that dream too. So if anybody was hoping it was coming, it's not on the docket. <laughs> it's not on the docket. I'd like to get from book to bestseller out in the next like millennia because that's true. Seriously. One, one at a time. But honestly though, you know, <laughs> in all seriousness, <laughs> being objective really is the only way you're going to get the most out of your reviews at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also think that I love to read competitors' reviews, specifically the ones that have solid sales ranks, because these are the books that people are buying. But you can also learn what aspects that people really resonated with to get a feel for things that you can align yourself with going forward. And you can also figure out what might be missing in the market or genre, what people are not getting enough of. Because I like to read competitors' books just both to support them, but also because it's, I think it's important industry research. But the reviews 
really tell a story. Like it's very interesting that somebody might say, oh, you know what? I really like this, but I had hoped that there was more of this in the review. You can learn so much from reading competitors' reviews. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, and what we're trying to drive home here is that reviews are more than just something to check off your list. And everybody's going like, oh, great. You know, like finally, I I thought there was something I could just check off my list. Like, no, not at all. But no, truly, it's critical market research. Whether you write fiction or nonfiction, you really should pay attention to your reviews and utilize what you can get out of them. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would just want to give you just a quick tip for those of you wanting to, to change, to listen to another podcast that doesn't give you quite so much homework. Don't change the channel. Um, I realize it's not really a channel now. I just sound like I'm from the 1950s, like my <laughs> DeLorean from the 1950s. Woohoo! If we had a sound team, they'd be adding in something for us like that. You know what I mean? I know. I know. We need a sound team. Get Bernie on that, would you, Amy? Um, Get him thumbs first. That would be (laughs) right. Exactly. A dog for anybody that hasn't been to our podcast page on the website. (laughs) Yeah. Our dogs are all in charge of our, of our, uh, um, of our sound, sound stuff and all goodies and all kinds of stuff. So far I haven't seen many goodies, but I'm just gonna say, (laughs) but one of the things that I do is sometimes when I'm standing in line at the store or, you know, if I'm getting my nails done, sorry, but let's face it, um, is I will look through competitors' books on my phone and I will screenshot reviews that feel like there's something that I could learn from them. So you don't always have to be looking for memes on Instagram when you're waiting for something or waiting for a bus or whatever. Um, Take some time to look through some competitors' books. That's a great way to use an extra spare five or 10 minutes and then screenshot them And then you can take a look at those, you know, a little bit later and say, oh, okay, this is something that I can incorporate into my book. Um, I like that tip. That's good. Okay. (laughs) though, We spend so much time scrolling just to pass time because we don't want to make eye contact with people in public, but that's another (laughs) more productive way to do it. I like it. (laughs) I know. I know. I always try to find some, you know, like I try to keep a list of just some little productive things that I can do if I have to wait. Um, because it's very easy to sit there and scroll through Instagram or Facebook and get annoyed at some people like what they post. I'm like, you should know better and then want to comment and then not. But instead, I just really, you know, I really like to try and get, you know, go through some things that I don't really want to be sitting at my computer to do. So I love that. And so that's perfect. I love that lead in Penny because we have like just a few more tips for ways to use the, like constructive criticism or feedback that you get in your reviews. Yes, go for it. So there's ways to use them for other content as well. So whether they're positive or not so positive, you know, dig into specific feedback you get in your reviews and work a response into your other marketing efforts. So that's something you could cover on a Facebook or Instagram post Mm -hmm. or in tweet if it's relatively concise. You can also turn more complex topics into a blog post. And again, these can be positive things. Like if you've got a really great review on a particular character or the relationship between two characters, do a blog post on what your inspiration was for that. Or if there's any, you know what I mean? Like, how did you come up with that? These are just great ideas to, to maximize on multiple marketing efforts out of one, you know, inspiration. And then one of my personal favorites, record a short video response and use that as some video content that you can add to your website, to social. You can add it to the video section of your books page on Amazon even. 
And remember, just a reminder, you know, video is scary. Like nobody wants to be on video, but just keep in mind, it doesn't have to be super long. So if you can respond to something in a review uh, in, you know, 30 seconds to even a minute at the most, that's, that's the perfect amount of time for a quick video. And all of a sudden you've taken these reviews that have given you a lot of great content ideas too. So if you struggle with creating content for social for your website, finding interesting things to put on Amazon to keep your author central or book page new and updated, uh, use, use review, uh, review content and turn that into things that you can respond to as well. Yeah, that's that. No, that is, that is really a great idea. And we just want to remind you that we are taking, uh, questions. So what is your biggest marketing challenge? It is in the show notes. Please send us your biggest marketing challenge. You can read the con- our contact information is in the show notes. Be sure to check it. Um, and again, we love a review. So anything that you, um, but now we just talked about reviews. So I'm not going to beg for five-star reviews, but they, they make me very happy. <laughs> But wherever you wherever you uh, listen to your podcast, please leave a, leave us a review. We love your show ideas. Feel free to contact us. And thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.